Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. I have no idea where that came from, Parker. What is this? It's a glass case. Let me see. Uh, it's like children. <laughs> 707's first pitch tonight. Are you sure? Game two of the wow. Game two of the three game series between the Jays and Yankees. Jose Barrios gets to flirt <gasps> flirt with history. The answer to a trivia question. Against Jameson Tyon. Ty, Ty. <laughs> I wonder about that. Well, Gosman, Gosman, all of a sudden, now Barrios is listening to that going, mm, do I want to be that? Nah. No. I think he's got Aim enough. Aim it in there. Hey, did you see, uh, do we have Joe? Still, we're getting Joe. Okay, that's fine. I'll start b- because I want to talk to Joe about this because I'm sure he saw this as well. Did you see in the telecast last night, uh, Buck and Dan talking about Barrios? and Pete Walker, and the discussion Pete Walker and Brios were having. That's been a thing all year. I Oh, let's bring, okay, I'm going to bring Joe Siddle, our Blue Jay Central analyst, on. Joe, thanks for joining Kevin and myself. And I just want, I want to start the discussion uh, looking back at something that I saw in the telecast last night, and I'm sure you did too, Buck and Dan talking about the, the, this, this visual they had of uh, Pete Walker and Jose Barrios before the game, and Clearly, they were talking. You don't have to be a, you know, a rocket scientist to know that they were talking about something involving his hand in his glove, which is probably going to lead to tip pitching suggestions. Uh, it it does, you know. Kevin said it's been something that's been going on all year. We've we've kind of heard the same thing. I, I'll ask both of you guys this, and I'll actually I'll start with Joe. Too late to do something about it? Or never too is late. it never too thank you, Kevin. Is it never too late to do something about it? Kev just answered for me. Heck no, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. You've got another start down the stretch here and who knows what the postseason holds. So you're always trying to correct something if you think it's wrong. Um, Kev, we've talked about this. I know how you feel sometimes a pitcher has a bad game, all of a sudden he's tipping and they knew what was coming as yep. opposed to my stuff wasn't very good. <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at that Rays game again. I know watching the game, I think we've all probably just come to realize that Jose's season has been what it is. It's a mystery. Uh, He's been so good at times and so bad at other times for a guy that has really not experienced this in his career. I was, I was, I put my hand up and thought it was a good signing. Sure. It's a ton of money. It's a lot of years, but starting pitching is expensive and to get a reliable guy like that, that's what you have to pay. So you have to overpay. No question. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've seen him move on the pitching rubber this year, back and forth and back and forth. We've seen different things, tried move, change the delivery. It's just been that kind of year. So it doesn't surprise me at all. That I don't think – like this stuff probably happens a lot more than we think, guys. The cameras happen to catch that one. <laughs> but a lot of these conversations are going on when the cameras aren't rolling. And it's not just Burrios. I think every pitcher in baseball at some point 
tips his pitches or fears that he tips his pitches. Joe, Joe me and you've had bad years before, and we've had to go home and look at ourselves in the mirror and go, this is what we need to work on in the offseason in the next three months. We've got to figure this out if we want to get a job next year. If you're Pete Walker talking to Jose Barrios when the season's over, is there a certain thing Simplify it. Don't change so much. Find something that you can repeat over and over. Is there something, one thing that you say, go work on this, come and see me in spring training, and then we'll hit the ground running? Wow, that's that's a great question, Kevin. The reason it's a great question is I'm not sure anyone knows because if anyone knew by now, the adjustments would have been made. Sure. Um, again, some adjustments clearly have been made and probably even more than we know because a lot of times it's, the minutia in a delivery or in a swing for a hitter. I think he is a guy that if I'm watching him, his success would have to be that fastball running in on right-handers and then the breaking ball away. I mean, that's it. That Those are the two critical pitches for him and making them work off of one another. Now, we know, too, that the issue can be kind of like Manoa, believe it or not, but the issue, if there is one, is against lefties. To me, those guys both have that natural kind of arm side run. And, and Gosman has it too, right? Where they can they go into lefties? Absolutely. And Alec did it a few times the other night beautifully, but not all the time. You watch how many times you catch your setup inside on a left hand hitter. And I'm even talking about Manoa now. Mm-hmm. That ball ends up away to a lefty. Like he misses on the other side. It happens. And if you can't, especially for Jose, if he can't be consistent with that pitch, then lefties. You know, Ken, what would you do against Jose? You're not looking middle in. You're looking middle away, and you're looking to get out there and hook something or you get out there and drive something to the left center gap. Joe, I just wonder, looking at Manoa and looking at Gosman, how they do the – they don't do a wind-up. They just do it out of the stretch, right? They have little maneuvers that they do by the, you know, the sixth movement that Gosman have. He'll tap his foot. I wonder if that's what they do with Barrios. Like, simplify it so much, eliminate the wind-up, because it just seems like even when they pan the camera down there, that's the wind-up he's talking about. He's not talking about out of the stretch he's talking about out of the windup so why don't you just eliminate the windup well i can't tell you over the years and this goes way back even the minor league days but it happens in the big leagues as well where that's the first approach some pitching coaches will will use with a pitcher to try to you said it simplify and when you just go from the stretch it does it eliminates the step sideways or the step back where you could rock too far and your head kind of tilts back and it's not under your waistline and there your, your balance is all out of whack and you know pitching it and means just like hitting the the timing in a pitching delivery is critical so that you get that release point out where you want it so yeah i mean that's an option for sure mm-hmm. i just wonder and i hate to say this <laughs> but i wonder hmm. all of those wonderful years that jose barrios had don't and that reliability it. and that durability you know where i'm going don't say it well, I hope not. I really do believe this is because he has been so good at times. It's there. It's not like he's had this terrible year. So it's certainly there. I'm sure they'll tweak and do what they have to do in the winter to, to make him better next year. Were you surprised that Aaron Boone pitched to Flatty? <laughs> I was surprised he pitched to Bo. <laughs> <laughs> no, there you go. Yeah, I got him. Yeah, that's Honestly, a good call. Yeah. <laughs> So, guys, if I'm in that dugout, and I mean, we watch the Blue Jays an awful lot, maybe maybe too much, and we're too close to these hitters and watching them perform, but I, I said it to Caleb and Jamie on the set. I said, no way I'm pitching to Bo right here. I'm walking him and pitching to Vladdy. He's been a ground ball machine, and I would stay hard with him. Schmidt's got 95 in the tank, and he I don't think Vladdy can handle the heater real well at times because of what he's doing at the plate. And sure enough, they pitched to Bo and got away with it. And then they pitch to Vladdy, and you throw him a first-pitch hanging slider. Now, to me, that just did him a huge favor. Now, of course, he wasn't trying to hang it in the middle of the plate. It's a mistake. 
But, uh, yeah, I can't believe But I love Boone's comment after the game. Who do you want me to pitch to you, Kirk? I, I, <laughs> like, I, 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 I told Barker, man, if I'm Alejandro Kirk's agent, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've got that emblazoned on my business card when I'm talking to the Jays. And isn't that amazing when we say this, though? Think about being back in spring training, guys. I always revert back to spring training because that's when you have the whole outset of the season. And we'd be talking about Alejandro Kirk in the four hole, pitching behind Vladdy, and the Yankees don't want to see him. Mm. Wow. Are you seeing anything different about Teoscar at the plate? You know, he is. He's, to me, he's he's still struggling with the breaking ball, and I can't believe that he got two fastballs and that two-run double that he hit in the fourth inning. Mm-hmm. I mean, Severino abused him with the breaking balls first A.B., and then you come back and throw two fastballs. It's just it's baffling to me, and I know you're not trying to throw it in the middle of the plate. You're trying to get it out there, but, geez, he just, to me, like I said it in our update, there's no way Teoscar Hernandez is beating me on a fastball right now. I mean, you just look at the swing. You look at everything. But, no, I, I do like, like, I think he's, I, I, we always use the word quieter. He looks a little bit quieter, but at the same time, if you're not, because K, uh, Teoscar, when he's right, he's capable of hitting the fastball and the breaking ball. And mm-hmm. the reason is that quiet word again. And when you're quieter, Kev, you know, you see the ball well, mm-hmm. you pick up spin better. When you do that early, you make better decisions. And right now at the same time with the breaking ball, he's still not making great decisions. So I don't think he's where he wants to be when he gets hitting more than just the fastball, because we know he's capable of doing that then we'll know that he's where he wants to be. Um, what did you make of Luis Severino last night? And the reason I'm asking that is, you know, we just had Jason Stark on. The the Yankees, they've got some bullpen issues. This is not the same bullpen we saw earlier in the year. I think their starting pitching is going to have to carry them a great distance in the postseason. Uh, they can't just rely on Aaron Judge hitting home runs in the postseason, I don't think. Severino to me has been he, he's been a guy since the start of the year that that I think a, a lot rides on with the Yankees. I don't know how you feel about it, but what did you think of him? What did you think of him last night? I thought he looked pretty good. I remember earlier in the season, Jeff, maybe even spring too, and you you mentioned Severino a few times, and uh, sure enough, here we are coming back from injury, and he could really help this team. I thought he was really good early on because yeah. you stand away from these Blue Jays hitters. What would you do if you pitch it against the Blue Jets? Yep. I'd go fastball and slider away. Mm-hmm. Now, he's got his changeup that he really likes as well. But I, I thought he was very good that first time kind of through there. But, again, you, you know, Bo got him, and then uh, Vladdy hits that kind of hanging slider too. Uh, call that a base hit. I called it an ED6. That's, uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, I, you can scorch a ball, but it was right at the shortstop. I'm sorry. That's, big that's not a hit. Yep. But, yeah, come on. That's the other and then uh, he just missed with his fastball to Teoscar. Honestly, you take that one pitch away. I thought he kind of dominated Blue Jays hitters. So pretty good. I mean, when you've got that velocity and that slider and you stay away the way he did and elevate, uh, he was good. He was good. So if he's building up, yeah, he certainly can be a big help. I'm still a little mystified um, about the Jordan Montgomery trade. I know they need a defense in center field, but man, how do you give away, not give away, but how do you trade away uh, a solid starting pitcher down the stretch? And, you know, it goes back to even the Blue Jays trade deadline. At that point, I was saying it's one trade deadline, right? So whatever you do right now, that's it. These are your guys the rest of the way. But mm-hmm. maybe they maybe they trust what they had. Boy, that's that's a lot to give up. Joe, let's play a little game. Okay, you got Brios in, in the in the bullpen to start the game. You know you got Judge coming up. How how do you sequencing? 
You know, you're trying to get him ready to give him confidence to go into that first at bat. Because, you know, you want to get him out. That'll give him confidence if he gets Judge out because lefty's been hard on him. So Rizzo's coming up next. So you want to get him out, right? You want to you wanna do what you're going to do from the bullpen right to the game. The very first hitter, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to not even have to push the button. I'm going to give it to you. What would it be? It would be the, the running fastball sinker in and that wicked slider away, and you have to mix it up. Any good hitter, you have, you have to mix it up. So I think if you tie him up with the, with the running fastball in, and I mean up and in, I'm not talking about hitting it, but I'm just running it up and in, and then the, his breaking ball away, and you go back and forth with it, whatever the sequence might be, showing him both, and if you walk him, oh, well. It really because is about I'm, it. Real, sorry, it, it really is about that arm side for Brios, right? It, that's what it's all about. Oh, man, yeah. oh, well, I think so for righties. That's why he's so tough on righties. I think you got that thing running in there. It's got to get in there though, right? Because you try to run it in there and you leave it kind of middle, inner half. That's not going to be good enough. But I think if you're Pete Walker. Um, what do you think if Judge hits a home run to lead off the game? That could crush Burrios, right? No question. <laughs> that's the last. You know how you pitch. You know how you pitch Aaron Judge, guys. Oh. Ask Jimmy Garcia. <laughs> oh, the sliders. That yeah. That was a clinic. Mm. I mean, I'm not a fan of throwing seven straight cutters, but those were well executed pitches. And man, that was that was just a, that should be in the, the dictionary of how to pitch the judge. Yeah. yeah. No, it it was a. Uh, I mean, in in fairness, you know, a walk, an intentional walk, a single, the leadoff single, but getting him called out on strikes and then striking him out. Uh, the Jays did a pretty good job in Aaron Judge, all, think, all things considered, last night. And, um, it, yeah, I mean, Jose Barrios, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. But um, I will be, I'll be intrigued in seeing, in seeing what his approach is. I just I don't think he can necessarily approach Aaron Judge the same way Kevin Gossman did. And that's just me. I think you have to be maybe a little more careful with him. Hey, hey do you think... You think that this hit could get Vladdy going? I know this is the question we've asked, right? Almost every every time Vladdy gets a hit, wins a game or puts them ahead, we're going, is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? I'm going to ask you, is this the one? No. Okay. No, guys. I'm just like, you know, I uh, yeah. man, I hate to be Debbie Downer and be all negative every time this topic comes up. Um, you know I've done a couple of things on him, but they're mm-hmm. just – when I look at video, and I did it again this morning because I'm like, is there anything different? Is there anything different? You know, you compare him. I've got all these little freeze frames I've got on my computer here. I've got Bo. I've got Springer. I've got Kirky. I've got Chapman. Say, Oscar, these guys and the, the moves that they make. I got Judge in my little, uh, what do you call that, collage as well. And I'm watching their moves. And there are a lot of things that we can refer to. But you know what? Another thing I'll look at, too, is when a hitter gets into that load position, and you'll see that those guys that I listed, aside from Vladdy, they get like they get like a good stretch. They get a good separation. Vladdy's isn't so much. You see that front elbow really bent. And when that front elbow is really bent, it can lead to angle, a different angle. And I think Vladdy ran into a hanging slider to win the ball game. Now, I, I hate talking like that because the guy won a ball game. It's a walk up. It's a great piece of hitting. But the only reason I say this is because we have seen Vladdy. We know now what he looks like when he's locked in. And yes, you can say teams are pitching him differently. You can say all the things you want, but bottom line is his swing is not the same right now as it was. Why? That's the, that's the mystery. Is he not quite getting into a strong as, as athletic dynamic position? That's what I think. And that when he's getting ready to go from his launch position, it's just not the same. He's not into his legs more, and his angle is a little different. He is not getting 
as I refer to a good deep barrel turn, and I mean, you guys judges the extreme of this because he's six foot seven or eight and does it so well. But that deep turn that gets your bat on plane early, it also creates a little space to get to the heater. And those guys can do it right now. Vladi, you can get to one once in a while because he's so darn talented, but not consistently at all. And I thought that slider was right into his barrel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Joe, really good of you to join us, my friend. Thanks, man. We'll see you down at the park. All right, guys. Have a great day. Joe Siddle, Blue Jay Central Analyst. And again, Joe and uh, Caleb and Jamie will get you set for the game. Uh Uh-oh. He hung up. He hung up. Yeah. Did you see the uh, two-strike approach Vladdy had in the fifth inning? You mentioned that Lou, last Lou, night. Lou Torino. That's the first time I've seen that since the, the he was in Buffalo, not in the minor leagues. When they were in Buffalo, he did a two-strike approach, I think, with a runner on third base with less than two outs. He's trying to put a ball in play. He was having a little bad time. I, I just I find that interesting this time of the year when a guy has all year. I haven't seen it. I mean, I watch every single one of it. Is it bats, especially with two strikes, because he's had a lot of them lately, and I've never seen one of those. And then you go back and look that he had nine punches in seven in se- his last seven games. He had four in one game. I, I just I, I find that intriguing that a guy of his talent is having a good year. I mean, if you can right. argue yeah. great year, what a, yeah. whatever. Just to be able to buy into, and he even gave a wink after he did. He fouled a pitch off and he looked over. I don't know who he winked at, but he winked at somebody to say, yeah, yeah, I like, kind of like it. I might do it more often. I just find that I find that buying into whatever it takes. I mean, he flew out. I think he popped out to center. It don't yeah, matter. Yeah. But he put the ball in play is my point. And, and maybe he couldn't have done that with his normal fruition and all those moving parts going on. And, yeah, he's got a lot of parts. We have a lot of parts. It's very hard to keep those in sync. And you need separation. Joe hit it on the nail is when that front foot hits the ground, it's the rubber band effect. It's how you get maximum collision with the baseball is those hands are separated from the front foot. And a lot of the times his hands are following the front foot and he loses strength and, and bat speed and power. And that's why you see him trying to play catch up with his barrel and it's in and out. And he looks like he's got alligator arms. He hits the ball at third base, a shortstop. I just, I know he walked it off in the 10th inning, but for me, that's, that says a lot about Vladdy. Like everybody, you know, everybody wants to be hard on Vladdy because for two weeks, man, he just hasn't carried this team. And I, you know, I, you can argue that, but it's just that. Fifth inning, tough dude. I mean, it's sinker slider guy. I mean, it's, it's the same every time a guy comes out of bullpen. You don't even have to ask anymore. Like he's right handed. You know what you're gonna get. Yeah. In away with with a slider. It's just pretty cool to watch a guy that is his age with now eight games left. That all of a sudden he's trying a two strike approach. Give him credit. Well, listen, I. Could you do it? Because you'd have 600 at bats like he, I mean, he's, now he's played 153 games of the 154. So it's, it just, and he hasn't done it all year. And all of a sudden you're doing, I mean, it, you, I, sometimes you got to give well, a guy a little bit of credit guy, for at least trying. Well, I was going to say, yeah, the, the, th- the thing with Vladdy is, um, There's no doubt that the baseball IQ is there. You talk to people about him. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt the baseball IQ is there. And I look at the improvements he's made defensively. This is why I don't like. I don't get. Vladdy is. <laughs> I, I I keep reminding people to to look at Vladdy now, and look at what he was three years ago, and how far he's come, and he is not the finished product. And I'm, I mean, I'm with you in this. I give a dude credit, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's for lack of trying with Vladdy. I really don't think it's for I lack of trying. I think he tries too hard. I think he, I was going to say, I think he tries too hard. I think mm-hmm. he gets down on himself oh, no way, question. way He's too much. Human. 
no question. And he's this is a guy. Listen, he hears what everybody. This saying. is a guy who not only finished his runner up in the MVP last year, but said publicly, "I should have won it." Mm-hmm. I mean, he said that. He said at the start of this year, "I want to be the MVP." Last year was the trailer. This year's the movie. Mm. All the stuff that Vladdy said in the offseason. So you're saying it's a short movie? No, no, I'm not. But I'm saying I, I think this is. He put a lot. He put a heaping amount of pressure on himself this year. So did Bo. So did Bo. Yeah. But you know what? At the start of the year, Bo wasn't doing what Vladdy's. What, Bo wasn't doing what Bo was, was. What Bo's doing right now. So they were both scuffling at the same time. So Vladdy kind of didn't have that. He didn't have that security blanket. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm with you, man. I just look at where he is now, and where he was when he came up, the stuff we're not talking about. We're not talking about, oh, my God, what if they don't have a position for him? What if he has to DH? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about what if he's a guy you've got to play defense for. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're not talking about what if he's a guy that's going to be 300 pounds all the time. We're not talking about that. What if he's a guy who isn't going to be able to get around the bases? We're not talking about it. What if, he, if he's a guy who breaks down? We're not talking about that. Like A lot of the stuff... A lot of the questions Vladdy has answered are the most serious questions you can ask of a young player. So have faith that he's going to figure this this part out. Yeah, for me, nothing's changed. Like next year, he'll hit third or second for the Blue Jays, and he'll probably be their best hitter. And yeah. that's for me anyway. Oh, yeah. Like nothing's changed. I mean, he, he's evolving into what he's going to evolve into. I still think he's a 3,000 guy, 300 guy for the rest of his career. He's had a little down year. The league's adjusted to what he's trying to do with the plate. He's tried to expand and do too much. He's a kid. Yeah. I mean, age-wise, he's a kid. Maybe not in baseball because he's been around some great ones who understand it and know how to go through some ups and downs. Sometimes it's very hard to go through it, try and be the best at it, and win a championship altogether. It's a lot to ask a kid, and I I just give him credits. First, the first I know everybody got excited about the tenth inning walk off, and so did I. But that fifth inning thing, man, whenever I saw that, that got me pumped up. Like I was fired up about that, just because I I've tried it. I've tried to work on things and and getting big and frisky and just thinking you can hit everything and you knowing you can't. And now with two strikes, you got a tough dude on the mound who's throwing you tough. And throwing sort of the same kind of thing. Two strikes on September 26 in the middle of a playoff I mean, I race. Just, I just, Your, against the New York Yankees, when the Yankees. a dude's trying to do, on the other yeah. side of the ball, trying to do something special, and you're just buying into trying to help your team. I, How do you argue with that? What, uh, I, mean, I, think it's a, I think it's a whole team thing. What did John, They're all doing it. What did John Schneider say after the game last night when he was asked about Vladdy, uh, Vladdy? He talked about how he's grinding. Yeah. And I know we use that word a lot. And I think sometimes when people hear that word, they tend to roll their eyes. But there are guys who the grind means you're just you're you're scraping for every every inch, every little every little break you can get. Nothing's coming easy. And yeah, I, I listen. Maybe this isn't going to be the thing that that sets them off. But I, I get back to something we've talked about now for two weeks. That is a game you'll take from Vladdy every night. Mm-hmm. Give me good defense. High on pitching tonight. Yeah, uh, balls good moving all over the place. This is that's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough game, but that's going to be a tough one. One big, one impactful hit from Vladdy a night in good defense. I'm okay with that. At that September 26, 2022, well, they, I'm okay with they that. They can win a World Series like that. Yes. With him getting one hit. No, I'm not saying three for four, four for four. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about when a big spot 
Get that you two run, need it. two run double or whatever. There uh, you go. Go one for four with a with a uh, two run two, double. Yeah, in the eighth inning on the road. Be happy against a tough team and make all the plays. We'll That's, be happy. That, there you go. Brian Anderson is MLB play by play broadcaster with Turner Sports. He will have the call of the game tonight. Uh, the Yankees Jays games have been picked up by national networks in the United States, of course, because of the interest in Aaron Judge. So. Is Brian Anderson sitting in his hotel room tonight, right now, I should say, writing out how I'm going to call 61? What am I going to say? Here come to judge. Uh, how am I going to? How am I going to call get it? Get it down, get it singing. Get it down, get it singing. <laughs> Back Lake City. Um, how am I going to call the home? We'll find out. Brian Anderson joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, wherever you get your favorite podcast. And if you're watching us on TV, it's on Sportsnet 360. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590 The Fan or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. are open for Barker's back leg bits. We'll be joined by Brian Anderson. We'll have the call tonight on TBS. You can always tell when Barker's mad at something because he does the, the whole paper thing. Like, you, you cannot possibly get those papers any straighter than they are right now. I think it's you. That uh, could be. Yeah. Daubers are down today. Oh, been, it's, been a bit, it's been a tough day. It's been a tough day. For you. Yeah, it's it's I not. I got up. I was happy. I see my dad, day. my, it's, it's, my, it's my son, my wife. It's been it's one a of great the, day for me. Yeah, it's been one of traffic. those days. Well, it's been one of one the, of the one of those days. It's been just one of those days that ends in why. You know, every once in a while, mix it up. Hmm. I mean, I guess I could, but I I view it as being consistent. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, consistent. Yeah. Nice approach, Jeff. Well, I mean, you've got to stay within. You got to stay within your. You're a, and, and you're a give me this. Hitter. Give me this. You're a give me this. Hitter. I do stay within myself. Yeah, you, give you, me that. You wouldn't have been a good baseball player. I'd have been a horrible baseball player. Oh my God, it'd be the awful. mental side of the game. Oh, I would have been. You would have been. I. You'd have been running around the outfield with your shirt off by like the well, I don't like know, two I don't know about, in. I don't know about the shirt off. Oh man. Yeah, I'd not be. I'm uh, on fire. What's that movie? <laughs> I'm when the. How do you think I'd handle? Oh, I'm on fire! How do you think I'd handle? How do you think I'd handle an 0 for 12 with seven punches? I'm on fire! Put me out! In your underwear, running around the outfield. <laughs> 0 for 12 with seven punch-outs. Uh, how do you think I'd, I'd handle that? Standing in front of the media, are you worried? So oh, you, not so at all. You put, so you put five balls in play in 12 <laughs> at bats. Save it. I, uh, Save it. Not a chance. Uh, no, but I'm You'd saying be 0 for how 12 would I? with 12 punches. <laughs> It's bringing Brian Anderson. He is the uh, MLB play-by-play voice on Turner Sports. He will have the call of the game tonight as the uh, Jays and Yankees play the second game of their three-game series, and Aaron Judge awaits his rendezvous with history. Well, actually, he the rendezvous with history is here for Aaron Judge. It's just a matter of uh, it's just a matter of him him opening the door. The breaking ball away. Exactly, <laughs> Brian. Thanks so much for joining uh, for joining Kevin and myself. 
very easy question for you. This, I mean, this is going to be a Aaron Judge hits the home run. It's going to be a big call for whoever has to make it. And I, you know, we had this debate yesterday. Okay, this is going to be big, but isn't the final home run of the year actually going to be the biggest one because that's the one that's going to stand? Yada yada, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. How are you approaching this as a play-by-play guy? Do you do you sit in your room and go, okay? Maybe I'll say this, or maybe I'll say that. Or would you just rather let the moment present itself and then kind of step back and let the crowd carry it? Well, first of all, Kevin is referencing the ballad of Ricky Bobby, and that's important. <laughs> so let's get They're that on the board. <laughs> that can't just be some random thought that passed through his mind. That's... He jumps out of the car. I'm on fire. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. So You're the best. That's see, awesome. that, movie did, that movie didn't make it up to Canada, so I'm oh, sorry. Oh, it's there. I failed, Believe me, it's I, there. I failed Redneck 101. I apologize, man. I mean, like, that's Hillbilly as it gets, just pouring out of Canada. Kevin right now. So, I think that's, yeah. Hill, welcome. that's Hillbilly Shakespeare, I think, as we call it. You're welcome. Uh, that's awesome. So that might be a good call, actually, that as the ball's going out of the ballpark, you know, he's on fire. Um, you can use it. You can have that. I think I'll do that. Uh, no, so to answer your question, there are, you know, and I've been asked this a lot, but what I would say is, like, my whole career, everything, even when I was calling Kevin Barker's home runs in the Texas League, mm, uh, yes. I just, it's better for me to let it happen and just call it what the way I see it and trust what I see. Uh, just because when I've tried to do the can calls or think about what I want to say, and, and it happened quite a bit in golf, you know, where right. like Jim Nance is the greatest at, at those, those statements, those phrases that end up as headlines. And I tried that a little bit. I just, I always butchered them. It was never authentic for me. It never felt right. Um, so you know, well, you never know. Like, it could be a high, majestic, towering fly ball. It could be a line drive. It could hit the top of the wall and bounce out, and I'd rather just be present and call it. So I think about it a little bit as far as structure. You know, what what are the facts, you know, and make sure you get the facts in. we got to get, you know, it's 62, it's the 61, it's the, you know, what does it do to the game, what does it do to whatever, um, and then what's the score. So the mechanics are something I think about, but the actual call, I'll just, you know, we'll see what happens. I've called four of his homers in the last two weeks, so um, all of them have been a little different and Uh unique and in their own right. And then, you know. We won't tell Jose Barrios that, by the way, okay? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, he's the, you know, I would say uh, Barrios is, uh, you know, that hanging slider is like the one that could get him. And um, that's kind of like where he's, where his problems have been. So, um, you know, it's a really cool moment, and I'm really happy it's in Toronto. We've we put some things together that just to remind people stateside that there have been some very famous home runs in this ballpark and in this city. And you know, Joe Carter's might be the the greatest home run of all time in 1993. It's like it really you can't have a bigger, better moment than that to win a World Series. So. Um, that kind of belongs to Toronto, and it could be very interesting that uh, Judge could add one of those memorable home runs uh, to it. And I know Blue Jays pitchers, nobody wants to be the guy to give up 61. Nope. Nobody. And so, like, to answer the second part of your question, 
you don't know if this is his last one. Like right. it's no guarantee. So every one that he hits now that if he hits one tonight and it ties it, that's the most important Homer. And then if he hits 62, that's the most important Homer. It was a little different with pool holes because we are infatuated with round numbers in the game. And 700 is a, it didn't change his standing in the whole all time home run list. It won't change his standing. He's not going to go to third. He's, you know what I mean? So 700 was big, and 700 kind of lives on its own. It's very similar. I called Trevor Hoffman's 600 save. Nobody had ever gotten to that point at that time in 2010. Mariano Rivera caught him a few years later and passed him. But I didn't call, you know, 602 the same way I called 600 because right. it, 600 was the number, the career milestone number. This is different, I think, because you don't know. When his last one will be, we don't know if he'll hit another one. You never know. I mean, Roberto Clemente is a great example. Everybody probably at that time assumed he would have many more hits. Mm-hmm. And he finished on 3,000, and then he, then he passed away in an accident. You know, in a, the, that offseason, it's like you just don't know. And, and so it's really important to be fully present in that moment and call it as it is because you don't know. It's not guaranteed. Where does this rank in seasons that you've seen? Uh, the best, it's the best, it's, it's the best offensive season, certainly that I've seen, like I've been alive for, uh, you could make an argument, you know, some of the triple crown years, uh, in years past Mickey Mantle, you know, Yaz, even going back, you know, to Ruth changing the game, you know, Babe Ruth was clipping off home run records, like every few years, you know, he did it and you know, what was it? 21. He did it. He did it in 20, 21. Then again, in 27, he was setting new standards, but that was a whole new thing. Like the, the live ball era, nobody had ever even dreamed of hitting this many home runs in a major league game, especially prior to 1920. So that was a different category in its own, but um, for judge to not only be pursuing a home run record, uh, an American league and Yankee home run record, but also the triple crown is a legitimate opportunity for him. And those are rare as they get. And so to be doing both in the same year, man, and to be, he's a great outfielder. He's got a cannon. He shuts down running games and, you know, players, base runners trying to go extra bases. Like he does all that. He's, he's a, he made a great catch last night. So mm-hmm. he checks all the boxes. Like this is one of the great, greatest seasons in the history of the game. By far. Brian, on the outside looking in, what do you think about the Jays right now? I love the Jays. I'm a huge fan of everything they're doing, fan of John Schneider. I love the way they play. They're young talent. They've got swagger. They've got, for entertainment factor, it's, you know, the way I look at it from a television broadcasting perspective, uh, they're kind of an it team. You know, they have it players with uh, great talent, great closer. I think they're top Three starting pitchers are legit and can win a series, can help them win a series and any kind of series. I think Manoa's an ace, and, you know, we're, we're trying to saddle up an interview with him tonight because I, I want the country to know him better, and he's about to burst on the scene uh, when the Blue Jays get to the playoffs, in my opinion. I, I hope he gets a bunch of starts and the Blue Jays can advance because I think this is the kind of guy that, you know, baseball fans fall in love with blue Jays fans have already, they're already there. And those who follow the game closely, but you know, you get into the postseason that opens up 
a big new audience that, you know, just kind of tap in for the postseason. And I think everybody's about about to get to know Manoa in a real significant way. I love that guy. So you got an ace, you got a closer, you got superstar talent. I think the Jays are a legitimate contender in the AL. If uh, I had to ask you to pick between the Houston Astros and the Dodgers right now as a World Series champion, who would you lean toward? I would lean toward the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. but not by much. I think not by much. I think Houston is, and the you know the only question for me with the Dodgers is Kimbrel, so that's out there and that's a that's a major question mark for me. Um, the Astros don't have any holes at all, so um, I think the Dodgers' first four in their lineup is maybe as good as ever, <laughs> mm-hmm. and three of them are probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, two for sure. Um, so, yeah, I would give a little bit of an advantage to the Dodgers, but not much. Brian, whenever you, uh, whenever somebody says Alejandro Kirk's name <laughs> to you, what do you think? Oh, man, he just brings a smile to my face. It's, <laughs> Me too. Um, it, it, yeah. You know, there's, uh, there was a day, and, uh, and I, I want to say this carefully, but there was a day, and I had a good friend of mine. His name was Brian Traxler. Yes. And Brian Traxler had a body just like Alejandro Kirk. And he came up through the Dodgers system, and I used to throw him BP every offseason. He lived in San Antonio. This guy was an amazing hitter, played in Japan. And he was told at one point that he would never wear a Dodger uniform because of the way he looks in the uniform. He didn't look like a Dodger. And they told him that, and it broke his heart. He ended up – he died a few years later, and uh, it was – as a young man. And it really – I've been attentive to that ever since, you know, I was probably in my twenties when that all went down and man, he should have been a big leaguer. He would have had a long career. He had great numbers. He was, he hit like Kirk. He was left-handed, but he had the same kind of approach. Um, So I'm glad things are better now in the game and we don't necessarily uh, look at body type. We do. I mean, scouts do still, but it, you know, if a guy can hit a guy can hit and he can play and he's a good catcher and he's a great teammate and, Man, I love that baseball is that way again. We it, it's all different shapes and sizes, and you know, have, watching Alejandro Kirk stand next to like an Aaron Judge in in any kind of scenario <laughs> is hilarious. It's awesome. It's like Altuve is the same way, you know. And mm-hmm. so those are the things I think about. You know, that the game has come a little a little bit of a ways, and I'm glad Alejandro Kirk has a place in this game because he's he's a star, man. Like he's going to be. <laughs> He's such a great hitter, and he's a, he's clutch, and he catches, and all of that. I love the guy. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the things is that one of the things analytics have done. Like I understand athletes have changed. Obviously, an athlete now is different than an athlete twenty years ago. But one of the things I think analytics has done is that it is it has given teams kind of a comfort level in identifying a certain skill set and maybe giving somebody a chance that they otherwise wouldn't have. One hundred percent. Great observation. And. No question. I, I like I. I mean, I. I kid my friend Barker here, and I. I mean this dead seriously. If, if you know, if analytics had been all the rage when you played, I don't know. Maybe somebody looks at looks at maybe. Kevin Barker and said, you know, if we get that guy in here and work on this, mm-hmm. we got something for sure. And I think it really does make a difference with a lot of guys' careers. And I think it's a no good question. Thing. I think it's a yeah, good. Yeah, I thing. mean, like Max Muncie comes to mind. You know, I don't think exactly. he gets a chance. I think there's a lot of guys like that. I mean, we're playing. 
you know, we see guys, let's say, that play first base, you wouldn't put at first base. We're seeing a 6'7", 280-pound man leading off and playing center field in Aaron Judge. Like, I think... O'Neal Cruz, guy Yeah, that you size? wouldn't never think about that. I mean, yeah. imagine just... I mean, the concept of an Aaron Judge leading off and O'Neal Cruz at 6'7", breaking stat cast every day. Uh, these are things that maybe they'd have been typecast, you know... Um, see it a lot in the NBA too. You know, I think the analytics has, has had an effect on, I'm sure it's happening in hockey. I don't know mm-hmm. hockey well, but same kind of idea that, uh, you know, guys can kind of grow out of what their body types look like. You know, Cal Ripken forever was, you know, had to constantly push to be a shortstop, right. even though he was six, four and everybody wanted to put him at first or third. Just, that's just the way they did it. You put the little guy in the leadoff spot. You, there was always these, um, these perceptions and stereotypes of what you had to look like first. And so like back to Alejandro Kirk, you know, there's, I, I I was always nervous for guys like that. When I was calling minor league baseball in the nineties, Paula Duca comes to mind. who was small, kind of a squatty body, but you always like, man, these guys can play, you know, Mm -hmm. they, 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 they can, they need that. They deserve a chance and they may not ever get a chance because of their body type. So, yeah, you're right about the analytics part. I mean, that is one good thing about analytics. It's it's hurt the game in a lot of ways, but it's also helped it in a lot of ways. Brian, we're going to let you run. Appreciate you doing yeah. this. Have a great call, my friend. Yeah, Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank great you to be so with much. you guys. Take care. It's Brian Anderson of Turner Sports. It's great stuff. I forgot. He's a great he, man. Yeah, he's a, he's he is a great solid, man. solid. He is. Two Brian Andersons in baseball are pretty. Both of them are pretty. Yeah. It's weird how that works cool. out. Um, hey, it's time for Barker's Backleg Bits, that uh, part of the show where you, the listener or viewer, gets to ask questions of Kevin Barker. And uh, we've got Lance Kennedy, our technical director, <clears throat> actually had this question when he came in today. And I, I asked you about it last night just before we did Blue Jays talk, and we kind of mm-hmm. got sidetracked. But it's from... Uh, Twitter handle is Buds in the Blood. <laughs> um, interesting question, though. In last night's game in the 10th inning, why wouldn't you have Biggio tag up on Bo's fly out to deep right, then be at third with the possibility of scoring on a wild pitch? It's actually Robin in Strathroy who says, go Broncos. Yeah, so there nice, you go. nice. They're not so, very good, but nice. Just to reset it, Cavin uh, Biggio is the automatic runner to start mm-hmm. the 10th inning. He's in second base. George Springer strikes just, uh, out. How many outs? Well, George Springer strikes out. How many right? outs? Okay, one out. Okay. Bo is at the plate. Bo okay. hits a liner, and Aaron Judge makes a play on it at the wall. And the question is, because Kevin Biggio went halfway down and went back, the question is, why mm-hmm. didn't he tag up and go to third? Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> the play was not automatic. Like, he, you know, he could have missed that ball. You, you know, it wasn't he wasn't camped underneath it, and that's a ball that you can obviously see – Ball goes in the air. But if he misses the ball, you can still score from second in that, can you not? You, well, you can because you're halfway. That, that's the whole point. Is your, your goal right. is, at the very least, get to, if there's nobody out and that ball's hit, obviously you're going back to tag because you want to be at sure. third base with less than two outs Sacrifice to make five. it easier on Vladdy and whoever yeah. else is coming up. And that's a big part of it, too, is where you're at in the order. Kevin Biggio's a really good base runner. So with yeah. more than, you know, with more, if there's no outs, you want to go back and tag up. If there's one out, you go halfway, right? 
and that play's not automatic, right? He had to run back and make a decent play at that. And you could almost see him juggling it when he caught it. So it wasn't an automatic play. So if he bobbles that, it falls, game's over. Because Kevin Biggio's a great base runner. And I say great. He is a great base could, runner because he, he went halfway. Could he still not have made Probably it home? Probably not. Okay. Because you're tagging up. And now it's, yeah. right. I mean, basic, best case scenario, it would have been a runner. It'd been first and third and one out. And Kevin's got to make this. We're, we've spent yeah. four minutes talking about it. Kevin didn't have four minutes to make up no, his but mind it's, there. But it's a lot of it's baseball 101. Like, you already thinking this through. Uh, that's why you see everybody with with the, the third base coach will tell you the amount of outs. It's not doing that. Just be doing it. Right? He's, he's telling you that to know, to tell yourself, to turn around, look where all the outfielders are at. Look where the infielders are at. So when I know the ball goes up, I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. Now I'm not thinking about it. Because you think wrong, you think wrong. He did it perfectly because now, obviously, with the people that are coming up and you already being in scoring position, that's the perfect way to do it. And I know there's a little gray area there, but your goal is to get to third base with less than two outs. If you don't and can't do that and it's one out, go halfway, he bobbles it, the ball falls, game's over. Still in scoring position. If you're still at second base, you're still in scoring position. I hope I answered that. In yeah, I know because way, it's something it's it's something that I uh, you know that I that I thought of when I saw that play or that that play originally. Now, if he runs back to the warning track and you can see him camped under it, and he's trying to get behind it to make a solid throw, that could tell Kevin to run back, then tag up. But right. he couldn't really tell that, right? He still was running, moving his feet, and he did it perfect. Yeah, he's no, a great. He's a great base runner. He really is. Well, the, cuts the corners. The thing that's gives off, a small lead, a big secondary lead. This cuts team the ha- angles. Right. This team has a. This team has some guys that, you know, you you. I think we we consider a great base runner to be somebody who steals forty bases or something well, like that. And you've already first made the third, first to home. Exactly. And you've made the point that, uh, you know, you think that, it's. <laughs> I love that when somebody asked asked you about what it takes to be a good teammate. You said run the bases well. Score from first on the on ball well. that you probably shouldn't have. And this team does have some guys. Chapman, Jansen. Again, these aren't speed burners. Although Chapman's faster than you than you think he is. But Chapman, Jansen, they've got guys who have they who, want to run, the, run bases, the bases, which is a big deal. Like you want to run them. You you got to want to know what's Explain going them. on. What do you, well, a lot of guys just get over there and they're happy to be over there. They're done. They're, they think their job's right. over. No, it ain't. Your job is to score because you're on the basis. That's the whole point in being on a on a, in a lineup is to score runs. So you got to want to do that. You got to know what's going on before it actually happens. And that's that's why you have a good third base coach. That's why you see good base runners, they'll be standing on top of the bag looking at everything, knowing where everybody's standing before the play actually happens. Here's a question from Mike B. Look, that's a great question. Yeah, it, it was a it was a topic of discussion. There's a question from Mike B. Now that we've seen John Schneider manage this team for a while, what do Three you deal? What do you think? <laughs> what do you think the biggest differences are with the team compared to what you saw when Charlie was managing them? Hey, you want me to be honest? Yeah. George Springer's healthier. Bo Bichette's better. Alejandro <laughs> Kirk's having a really good year. Teoscar Hernandez has turned the corner. Jordan Romano is really good. Tim Mays is back Bass and healthy. Is coming. Tim Mays, now I, I want to be, I don't want to say that what he's not doing because of what he did in the 10th inning, like he gets it. And he understands that occasionally you got to raise your hand and be the grown-up in the room. And he which is. Which he's real good at doing that, holding everybody accountable. That's his thing. He's real good at being able to do it. But let's not lie about it. Your manager is only as good as your players, especially this time of the year. And that division they play in, 
The Blue Jays ain't no joke. The thing that stands out to me, Kevin, about about John Schneider, in addition to the stuff that, you know, we really don't know what goes on in the clubhouse, but I think the way he uses the aggressiveness with Jordan Romano to me is the thing that really that really stands out. But he's out. been really good. So it's the player is allowing Correct. you to do that. Yes. If he if he wasn't any good and couldn't go you're, five outs. You're right. Then you couldn't be able to use him five outs. But so he's having a really good year. He's bought into it. And he's He's refined his routine off the field during the game, even his run-in. He looks like he just he, – he don't want to be like – he looks like, like he'll yell at himself in yeah. his glove, and then it's just like I'm, I'm going to run out but, there all like you know, lazy. The, and the thing and, is, Brad Lidge made this point when we had him on. Lazy is a bad way to say it. But no, you I, get my point. You know what I'm saying. Brad Lidge made this point when we had him on uh, a month it, ago. It, about a month ago That's about – Romano and how the key to being a guy who can give a team four outs is, yeah, you've got to have adrenaline to be a closer. But you can't just come out, have it flowing, get that one out, then sit down and now try to get it going again. He said the thing with Romano he noticed is he was able to actually kind of harness it. You know, and he used an example, a guy like Edwin Diaz. Doesn't isn't always able to do that. He's a guy who's got to come out, get his three outs, game over. Got the horns going, yeah. the whole thing, game over. And that's and, and it's a sign, I think, of the maturity on the part of Jordan. Romano. And I almost forgot the three big guys in that rotation have been almost borderline great. That's Manoa Gosman and that little engine that couldn't stripling. That make any manager look good, Jeff. So what do you think the chances are that we're come on tomorrow and we're having a discussion? All right, Jose Barrios or Ross for, Stripling, who for, starts for Jose? For, for his sake, I hope he doesn't throw a first pitch, get me over a little submit mix and slurve because he's got that little natural uppercut now. He's trying to elevate the baseball and judge. Uh, 707 is the first pitch tonight on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet. Let's see if the Jays can keep the Yankees champagne on ice for another day. Let's see if they can keep Aaron Judge and his date with history away for another day. We'll be back with Blue Jays talk following the game, and Blair and Barker will be back more from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Have a great day.